to another edition of Old Line Beauty on Air podcast, the show that's clearing the air for more air, access, inclusion, and representation. I'm Stephanie McCoy, and with me are my co-hosts. I'm Nazreen Buddha, Sylvia Stinson-Perez. And I'm Dana Hennett. Our culture often dictates that beauty adheres to a specific mold, implying that those outside of these confines lack beauty. However, this belief system distorts our perceptions and diminishes our inherent worth. Consider how, as a society, we celebrate youth but shun aging. We admire able-bodied individuals while disregarding those with disabilities. We honor wealth, power, and titles yet reject poverty, vulnerability, and authenticity. Challenges tend to uncover our vulnerabilities, guiding us through a refining process that ultimately strengthens our resilience. Beautiful individuals often possess a collaborative spirit, sharing their stories of survival for the betterment of others. Authentic beauty has always defied description inspiring a profound sense of wonder. It's a subjective concept accessible to everyone. True beauty emerges when we prioritize confidence as confidence itself exudes beauty. Always keep in mind that beauty knows no bounds. It emanates from within, reflected in our character and values. Real beauty transcends barriers and understanding this is where our strength lies. Get ready for a beauty adventure on today's Bold Blind Beauty on Air episode as we shine a spotlight on the fabulous Instagram influencer, Mara Lauren Hutchinson, dishing out beauty insights that break all the visual rules. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Mara. Hey, Mara. Hi, guys. How are you? You know what? It is so wonderful to have you here. We are so excited to jump into this conversation, especially with you being the fashionista that you are. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. What I'm going to do right now is turn the mic over to Dana. Mara, can you share your sight loss journey and how you became an Instagram? My sight loss journey actually started, well, I was fully diagnosed in 2011, February 2011. And I was diagnosed with a rare eye condition called um, retinitis pigmentosa. And I guess, obviously, we, we all know such a rare disease. I was born with this, but it was pretty much maybe later years where it was, it all came about that I, you know, losing my vision to this condition. And it's about 13 years. I can't even imagine. 13 years, I think, this coming February. And I, being an Instagram, it's so crazy because I was only there just to post photos, to edit my photos and transferring it from there to Facebook. Because at that time, I had Facebook. And it was just me posting things, editing my photos until I guess everybody started to jump on Instagram as well. And I started to connect with different people, so many people from all over the world who have the same condition as me or similar eye condition or just being visually impaired in general. And from there, I just started to share my journey. I started to share about 
who I am and my life and being a mom, being just the female that I am. And from there, I guess I started to grow a lot more in terms of connecting with different people, even outside of the disabled world. Because I always try to show my platform that we are more than our disabilities. And it doesn't mean that it has to define who we are. Yes, it's a huge part of my life now being legally blind. But I think as I get older and as I have conquered so many things, I know that I'm more than my disabilities and I am just like regular people who loves fashion, who loves to eat, who loves to hang out with girlfriends, who's a mom, a wife, all the cool things that we all do, right? This is Sylvia. I love that, Mara, because I think that's so much of what the Bold Blind Beauty on AR podcast is all about is it's not even just for people who are blind and low vision. It's really for anybody can learn and and get something from this podcast because yes, we are women first. And you're bringing that point out is that yes, it's a significant part of who we are. But every day we find ways to navigate that. And beauty and fashion is a really important part of that for many of us. So my first question is, which decade in beauty stands out as your favorite? And what makes it so special? So for example, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, go for it. I'm an 80s baby. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I love the 90s. I do love the 80s, obviously, but as becoming a that young woman trying to figure things out, 90s. And we all know a lot of things in the 90s are coming back now, but I just love the 90s fashion. I love able to express myself in so many ways where now I'm all about the baggy look again. I remember those days when I was living in the baggy clothes and just being able to be free and just be funky. And now it's all back again. And I'm happy that I have some stuff that my dad kept over the years. And I was actually showing it off on my Instagram where I found one of my grade eight Adidas jacket that's like so big on me back. And I remember that back then. And now I could wear it again because it's, well, it's back and it's vintage. Plus, I'm the type of person as well where I don't really follow too much of the trend. I just wear what I feel looks good and feels good. And that's mm. the important thing about my mentality where if it's back in the day or if it's people may think it's out of style, but I know I feel good and I know I look good. And that's all that really matters to me. I I don't like to really follow too much with the trend. I just go out there and I just feel good. I love that. Being your authentic self. Love it. Nazreen, what about you? What's your favorite decade? My favorite decade is the 80s. And I, I feel that the 80s is really a decade where it was full of big, bold looks, big hair. And we were into neon shoulder pads and zippers on the ankles of your pants, all kinds of great stuff, the stirrup legs. We had hair fashion that was crazy, those banana clips. And anytime, like Mara, I try not to 
go with the trends because not everything will work on ourselves in our 40s, 50s something bodies anymore. True. <laughs> that is true. I second that or third that. It's, it's true. <laughs> And I try to find fashion that is complimentary, more on the classic look. But when I see the 80s fashion or zippers, neon anywhere or shoulder pads or anything like that, I am all over it because it just takes me back to those nostalgic years. <laughs> Dana, what about you? What was your favorite? Well, I would have to say for me, because it was like the end of high school, beginning of college was like the 90s. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't decided yet to pursue my passion at that point, which was beauty. But I was incorporating the styles in my own personal style. I love the Rachel haircut. I had a version of that in the 90s that was pretty popular. And just some of the looks like the makeup and the vampy lips. When I see that, it just takes me back to my end of high school, early college years. So. And it's, as we just said, it's coming back. Nazreen, I'm going to pass it off to you for the next question. Thanks, Sylvia. Wow, that was uh, a quick walk through memory lane for some of us. What beauty ritual or self-care practice do you consider essential for yourself? This could be a beauty service like hair, make, makeup, facials, massages, or other personal beauty routines that you prioritize for when it comes to your self-care. Mara, let's start with you. I always say when you have clean, polished hands, which mm -hmm. is I always do my nails, I don't get them done. It's very, very rare that I actually go in and get my nails done. Even before being diagnosed with my condition, I have always been the person where I love to do my own nails. And to this day, it takes a little longer, obviously, but I love to sit there and do my nails. And as long as I have those bold colors, sometimes you can catch me with multiple colors. Each finger has different colors because you know what? It makes me feel good when my nails are nicely done. That is one of the things that I do love. And as I got older, now I know why my mom was always the one to tell me well, she loved facials and I started to get into facials as of lately, the last couple of years. And it really brought a lot of change with it, like with my skin and on top of like proper skincare, where my skin is just glowing and I don't even put anything else on except trying to just do the regular routine of putting like your moisturizer, or your serum, all that stuff. And I could walk out not having anything on. Because I have that glowy skin. And I feel like when I started doing the facials and more so letting go of things that didn't serve me good and trying to live a life where it's stress-free, water, drinking lots of water and my nails and my facials, like things that I do for my face is a big thing that I always do. And that's pretty much it. I love that, Mara. Those are some great self-care treatments and routines, but stress can really do a number on you. So I'm it's, really, it's really you, great to manage stress. I'm telling you that was a, like, I recently lost my mom and last year was my first year without her. You could see my face was 
just honestly, like you could tell, like I was so stressed. I was in a different mm. time where, and I told myself, I need to make a change. And after I started to just kind of do a lot of more things in terms of my healing. Yeah. Last year versus now, I, there was a big change with my skin and I'm still able to walk out, not having anything on no makeup, nothing like that. But it's because I feel so good of where I am in my life. And my mental health has been a lot better versus what I was going through last year. And I think it, it plays a huge part of our lives. Great points there. Love that. So Sylvia, how about you? Well, I I agree with everything Mara said, but do you know the thing I got the most compliments for that every single person can do is a smile. I got so many compliments when I have a smile on my face. I think it just makes a person shine. I will also say always be as well put together as you can be when you go out. I am like Mara all about having my nails um, good and clean. And I do go get mine done. I have never been good at doing my nails. I don't have functional vision at this point, but even when I did, I was not good at that. So I go and get my nails done and I get manicures and pedicures. And I love that. And I also agree facials matter. I go and get a facial at least once a month and it really just makes you feel good. It makes your face feel clean but it does give you that glow. But start with a smile. That's a great tip there too, Sylvia, because a lot of us, people tend not to smile. We don't even think that that's important. It builds part of our character or our presence and appearance. But I think that's an essential asset to have. How about you, Steph? One of the things that I used to do is going to be counter to you, Mara and Sylvia, was I got my nails done religiously. I loved how complete I felt they were done. But what I was doing was the acrylic fills Mm -hmm. and I did it for years and never really thought much about it because the feeling I got from it was so good. But then a few years ago, I began doing some research on the safety of some of the chemicals that are used for that process. And I reevaluated the necessity of continuing that. And I decided that it was something that I did not want to do because as you get older, you get a little bit wiser and it just hasn't been a priority for me. That's not to say I want my hands looking raggedy. I do not. And my skin is really nice thanks to genetics. And I love applying lotion constantly to my hands. Mm -hmm. But today, one of my favorite routines is my skincare routine and then occasional makeup. Those are really the only beauty rituals that I practice, but I also would like to add that incorporating a healthier lifestyle has become really important to me. So what I've been doing recently is watching what I eat. So watching what I put into and onto my body. And so I I have a higher consciousness of some of the dangerous chemicals that are in our foods or in topical things that we may apply to our body and stuff like that. And I try to minimize those as much as possible. 
Steph, this is Sylvia. I just wanted to say that. So I, I agree with you. Like I don't get acrylics or gel or any of that. I just get the natural like, and sometimes I just go, hey, just, just clean and cut, you know, and, mm-hmm. and because I can't keep my nails good. So a really big part of my manicure or pedicure process is about making sure they're clean and tidy. And so I think that even if it's not about having a pretty color, you can also just make sure that you're clean and they're tidy and taken care of and you're not getting any infections, etc. I did want to give a little tip to Mara. This is something that I have not used, but I hear it works great. You can actually put your um, nail color in the refrigerator and that way, when you polish your nails, you can feel it a little bit better for your application, if that makes sense. You can also do that with lip color and it helps too. I've heard of this and I think mm-hmm. I've done it as well. And mm-hmm. you do feel the difference. Mm-hmm. But then honestly, for me, I, it takes me long no matter what. And I'm mm-hmm. just enjoying that my own me time, doing my own mm-hmm. nails listening to music or watching something or listening to a podcast. That is my beauty routine as well, where I just enjoy my me time like that. When I do my nails, Mm -hmm. everything is all in one, like listening to something, doing something good for your Another tip I want to throw in for the nails. There are self-leveling polishes out there. There's brands that I know of. It benefits everybody. So basically... Even if you can't see your nails really good and how to polish it, mm-hmm. the nail polish will level itself out. And it's a couple of brands mm-hmm. that I know off the top of my head and nobody's giving me anything for this, but London mm-hmm. Town and um, Deborah Lipman. I know for sure those those brands are have self-leveling polishes. There may be others as well, but I know those two. Hey, grab your Bold Blonde Beauty on air mug, settle in, and tune in to the empowering on-air podcast by Bold Blind Beauty. Join us for insightful conversations on access, inclusion, and representation. People have the misconception that blind people don't work or they only work with the blind and visually impaired. That is not true. Blind and visually impaired people are represented in some kind of way in every industry. As long as we have the training, the technology, the skills, and the support that we need in order to do our job effectively. Listen to Bold Blind Beauty's on-air podcast for more inspiring content, encouraging discussions around the themes of access, inclusion, and representation, because we all need air to breathe. Dana, I'll turn it over to you now. So Mara, since your site has changed, What skills or techniques have you adapted into your beauty routine? Okay, so the last couple of years, I have been barefaced, right? So going back to when I actually did put on makeup, it was just the eyeliner. And people would be shocked to be like, how is your eyeliner like on your eyelids so perfect, right? Well, first of all, they don't know the many struggles that we all go through putting what we want to do just for the sake of wanting to look good and feel good. But I learned this trick where if you watch TikTok and all those things now, it's easier to follow as well. 
I use this really, really firm tip. And if I were to use the eyeliner, it's MAC. And it is so firm that it's better than using like an actual um, pencil eyeliner because it's so firm that I could just follow along my eyelid and that's how my perfect eyeliner would be created. And also I just pull out my lipstick and I'm good to go. And I don't even need to pull out a mirror and I just, it's bad to say, but sometimes my husband will be like, it doesn't really, doesn't really look right. But I'm like, well, he'll fix it for me. But I feel like when you just kind of glide through your lips a little bit and just think you have your red lips and I always have my red lips. And I've been like this from before I was even diagnosed. And I still do it to this day, 13 years of being legally blind. And that's one thing people would know about me is that I could, I don't have to have makeup on, but I have my lipstick on, which is my red lips. Does that make sense? Oh, wait, I do have another thing that I am always known for. And it's not because it's fashion. It's because we all need it. I am always in my sunglasses and I could put on the funkiest glasses and I don't even have to have makeup on. But once you put on your red lips and your glasses, can I swear here? Because I was about to say I'm the shit because I (laughs) feel like I'm the bomb because when I tell myself or my friends now that, oh, I know I own it. Mm -hmm. It's because as women and as a mom, and being a disabled mom and disabled woman in general is, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I put on anything and I'm telling you, ladies, you ask my girlfriends and my attitude is that I know I own it. And that's the thing. That is it. It's that confidence yes. that yes. shines through. Yeah, yes. That confidence yeah. shines through. For me, when my vision started to change, I never stop wearing makeup. I always wore makeup since I was 16 years old and I'll just put on my face powder, a little bit of mascara, maybe some eyeshadow if I liked. And during the day, I try to stick to the neutral colors and put on a neutral lipstick and add a little bit of blush and away I go. And I try to stick to companies that I'm familiar with their products because I know their packaging and the products are going to be, once you buy one, it's going to be very similar the next time you get it. But if I'm going out in the evening, sure, I'll switch it up to more a darker blush, a darker lipstick. The only time I may turn to AI or other apps is to help with color identification or ask for sighted help or maybe even FaceTime a friend and say, hey, give me, give me some help here. So it's turning to technology a little bit to help with that part of it. So this is Sylvia, and I can really relate to a lot of what Nazreen said. I haven't really been able to see my face in probably 15 or 20 years. I generally am going to put on at least some CC cream, which I love CC cream. Just a simple way to just uh, blend your skin tone a little bit. And I always wear mascara too. And I think it's funny, Nazreen, I always buy the exact same brand. That's the one I know. And I know that that wand is not going to end up all over my face. And one of the things I've learned with eyeshadow, because I've always loved eyeshadow, is I need to keep it simple. I love liquid eyeshadow, by the way. It has a little wand, and you, you just smudge a little on and, and blend. It's 
awesome and easy. I quit doing two colors or three colors. I'm just like one color, boom. And the one I mostly use has some shades of different things in it. So I love that. But the other thing, and and I agree, like I will literally FaceTime somebody, use Be My AI. I also have most of my things brailled. So I know like what color lip color it is. Mara, I know that you probably get this question a lot. I think all of us here on this podcast have at one point or another been faced with this. And I just wanted to see what your thoughts are. But what's your approach when you're faced with curious onlookers asking about beauty while you're traveling with your white cane? I know we've all felt this way where people must think, why do you look like that? But you're supposed to be visually impaired or legally blind or whatever, right? Like, it's as if like, we are not allowed to look good. And majority of the time I'll look and I'll answer and I'll just flat out said, I was always this way. And then my husband will just laugh. Having this disability doesn't change who I was from the very beginning. My approach is I look good, right? If you really want to educate, then I'm all for it, right? But there are times when I don't want to have this conversation. And I honestly will legit go about my way. One time, my husband was laughing so much because I was at the mall and this couple, they were following us eventually, right? I legit stopped because they were so curious. And at this point, it's one thing where you are staring, but it's another thing where they're really like probably amazed at how good I look and how well I'm doing with my, you know what I mean? I just tell myself, oh, I must look so good that these people are following me because they were following us because they're probably thinking, what is she holding or why does she have that? But she looks like a normal person. I started the conversation. I stopped walking and I look at the couple and I said, do you want a picture of me? Because you're clearly following us because they have this thing where you're supposed to look a certain way that us disabled women are not allowed to have makeup on, let's say, to dress a certain way or, and I'm like, no, I, this is why we do what we do where we educate or we continue going about our lives and feeling good, looking good because that's who we are. And I always say being a legally blind woman, it is not all of me. I've always been this way. I've always been an extra person. I am an extra girl where I love to just look extra because I feel good and I look good. And damn right, I'm owning everything because I've been through a lot. When I was first diagnosed, I was in a very dark space for two years, two and a half years, let's say, where I didn't even want to live. And I was telling myself eventually where I feel like shit. I don't like this life. And I had to really change that mindset. And once I started to step out of that dark space, I really started to own where you feel good. And it all starts from how you really feel within. And it'll just start to glow and shine even more as you go on about your life when you fully accept that this is who we are. 
no disability is going to stop me from being me. What do you think, Dana, when people see you with your white cane and they ask you about how you look the way you look or your makeup or hair? I walk in confidence because as I put myself together, I do it for myself, not to impress anybody else. And I notice when I'm walking in confidence, it brings smiles to people's faces. Mm-hmm. I, I notice it more when I was working with agencies that deal with people with disabilities. And I would come into the office and I would walk down the hall with my white cane. I was dressed and they would be walking down and they'll speak to me and they would smile at me. And I would hear comments like, she doesn't look like what we're used to seeing. And I saw that more so on that side of it when I would dealt with agencies who deal with people with disabilities. They were like, we're not used to seeing people that look like you. And I was like, I'm just being me. So how I just approach it is just walk in confidence. If you, you know, if you're low key that day, you know, make it so you can spruce yourself up a little bit, whatever. Even if you don't have any makeup on, throw some earrings on, some cute accessories, or you want to go full throttle. It's just walking in confidence with however you want to represent your style. Yes. And Sylvia. Well, I just love what Dana said. So I don't even think I need to add anything to that. (laughs) I think that doing it for yourself, whatever that is for you. I happen to like to put on makeup and do my hair and wear jewelry and nice clothes. That It makes me feel good. What a great, inspiring conversation here. I think a couple of things struck out at me here, Mara, that you really said was the, the word confidence, the word owning it, and acknowledging the struggles that we've all gone through as women. I want to thank you, Mara, for joining us today here at Bullblind Beauty on Air. How can we find you? Where can we find you? Well, you could only find me on Instagram. My IG handle is Ate Mara. It spells like eight Mara, but it's really Ate. It's A-T-E-M-A-R-A. And Ate in the Philippine language is pretty much big sister. That's what it means. And I have been called Ate Mara. I you I use my platform to just be the big sister to anybody. And it is important that you know you you're not alone and that's where you could reach me. And if you want to have a good conversation, a good laugh, or a good cry, you'll find me on Instagram at Atimara, A-T-E-M-A-R-A. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today, Mara. That's wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so, so inspired by this conversation. I feel like we could talk for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But thank you guys for having me. A little smile, a word of cheer, a bit of love from us here at Bold Blind Beauty on Air with a little gift of good tidings from us held to you all. Best wishes for the coming new year. Season's greetings and happy holidays from us here at the Bold Blind Beauty On Air team, Dana, Sylvia, Nazreen, and our beloved founder, Stephanie McCoy. We will be back in 2024 
with more amazing guests, interesting topics, a great conversation, spreading air, that's access, inclusion, and representation on Bold Blind Beauty on Air.